Hi, I'm Mike Farher, and we are here for another edition of Taste. And Taste, of course, is how the people in the west of Ireland pronounce taste, taste-like. And we have a true taste maker in Andy Cooney. Andy just traverses around the country on tours, bus tours, cruises, the whole nine yards. And what I love about Andy is he always picks up along the way the latest and greatest talent from Ireland and America and shares a spotlight with him. He's a very generous soul and it was a pleasure to talk to him. Here's Taste. Welcome to another edition of Taste and we have an extremely special guest this week. He has been called by the New York Times Irish America's favorite son. I was going for that crown for many, many years, but uh, this gentleman <laughs> just passed me by and ran circles around the rest of the contestants. This is none other than Andy Cooney. Welcome, hey, and Andy. Guess what? And that's not fake news. <laughs> <laughs> that is not fake news. That's I, I saw that in Wikipedia. That must be true. <laughs> oh, well, wow. Welcome, okay. <laughs> welcome, Andy. So it's great, great to... Uh, well, I'm seeing you, but the listeners are going to be listening to you. And uh, I just want to, first of all, congratulate. There's so much to get to with you, but I first of all want to congratulate you on uh, Take Her In Your Arms, your brand new CD uh, album. And it is uh, just chock full of some some great songs. I happen to think this is probably one of the greatest songs ever written, ever. George Jones, she's thinks I still care. Oh, I have to agree with you. That is definitely <sighs> lyrically killer. Every killer, line right? just Every pulls your heartstrings. Huh? And the, yeah, that little, you know, and you have the same thing, that just lonesomeness in the delivery and not a syllable wasted in telling a story. I think that's a brilliant, brilliant song. And I think you, you know, Mike, we had, I had great success with that in Ireland on uh, Irish country music radio, uh, all over Ireland. A lot of the stations, Midwest radio gave it a great spin. Uh, Carlo FM, uh, uh, C103 in Cork gave it a great spin. Um, Midlands 103. It, it really, it really did well. And of course that genre of traditional country music is huge in Ireland. They love it. And I want to go back to that. Exactly what you just said. So you said Irish country music channel and to your point with all the different radio stations you mentioned, it, it's a proliferation there in Ireland. So what is it, do you think, that links Irish music to country music in such a profound way? Well, I think as, as far as Ireland is concerned, uh, of, of course, for America, I mean, it's it's a whole different thing. Well, because it's, it's, it's really music coming full circle. People from Ireland came here and uh, and when they landed here, they they went into the Appalachian mountains through the smoky mountains you know, and they settled down in that area and, uh, and started playing, of course, the music from home. And it kind of rubbed off on, on other people that were around there and it became bluegrass then. And then country music was born. What can I say? Yeah. I actually wrote a song with Nathan Carter uh, called country music was born. Also Joe McShane is also a writer on it. And uh, it's, it's all about the uh, journey of, uh, of Irish music to America and then coming back to Ireland, if you will. And I think uh, 
traditional country music. I'm not really talking about the new country music. It's traditional country music. You know, lyrically, you know, they just don't write songs like that anymore, like they, they do, like they did in traditional country music. And also, there's a certain beat uh, of the music. And in Ireland, they have the jive or the quick step. And, you know, that is such a big, big dance. And when you put out a country song in Ireland, it has to have that beat uh, or else well, it won't make it. You know, well, you well, have to be able to jive to it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny you should say that because I've often shared with people that I went to Listoon Barna once right in the middle of matchmaking festival. <laughs> and in every one of the bars where people are trying to hook up, it's like this jiving accordion based country music and you think to yourself is that really going to get the juices flowing but damn it if it didn't because that's an extremely popular to your point with extremely with popular with all ages in ireland they can't get enough of it and that's the cool thing about that festival you speak about is that um actually on my podcast uh, i interviewed a girl julie and she was on the board of the linston varna um you know committee for the festival and she says that is the thing about that festival that it draws a wide variety of people of all different ages they come together and all party together and like you said the jive does bring everybody together the dance halls in ireland variety of ages and uh, older people dancing with the younger people and uh that's pretty much the country and irish scene you know and it only yeah. exists in ireland and when i went there man you know there's a lot of old bachelor farmers there that were the <laughs> the top the top prize bulls in the shop and i was like i felt like i was brad pitt retaining a lot of water there you know what i mean like i look at that look at how hot and young i am but now anyway I'll tell you, uh, let me let me tell you a quick funny story it comes to mind there's a dj over there on uh, midlands 103 he's actually my namesake joe cooney is his name and uh you know he uh kind of calls me his cousin when he's on air or whatever. And uh, I call him cuz right back. But when I first, when I recorded the first country and Irish album, that was um, the album with the song on the eighth day on it. And the album was called Irish country skyline. So when I recorded that and the radio stations got it, Joe Cooney reached out to me and he said, thanks. Finally, something I can play by you <laughs> because I had recorded mostly all Irishy stuff before that for, for the Irish American market. And uh, when I sent that to him, that's exactly what he said. And he's been one of my great supporters, you know, ever since I guess around 2015 when that album came out. That's great. That's great. So we talked a lot about tradition in the first few minutes we've had together. And I want to focus on this one great song that you have on your new album, and that's from Tommy Mulvihill's Keep the Tradition Alive. And I just love some of the lyrics on here, the proud Irish stock, you're keeping the tradition alive. There's O'Brien's and O'Neill's on each side. Pretty oh, yeah. faced rogues uh, would speak with a with a brogue. It just was such a slice of Americana. Yes, you were born here in the States, but you were in a cocoon of such a thick, Irish immigrant culture. I think you and I really share that. You from Absolutely. Long Island and, and myself from Jersey City. It's uh I think Jersey City and Long Island are just two more counties of Ireland, right? I well, mean, you know, well, you know, Mike, I've known that song like you have for years by uh Tommy Mulvihill. It was also written by uh Mike Carroll, Dunny Gall writer, who uh, lived on Long Island for a while. Uh the two of them together, you know, participated in a lot of music together. But why I did cut it on that album is because it took me back to a song that the Wolf Tones did uh, years and years ago called My Heart is in Ireland. And it's mm. about the Irish diaspora, you know, uh, actually over in England. 
Uh, and uh, if you remember when that song came out, I don't know if you remember, but I remember back in the 80s and I was in Ireland. It was playing on the radio everywhere. It was such a huge song. So I said, you know what? Here's a song that I can identify with. It's about the Irish uh, diaspora here in the States. And it tells my story in, in a way. Uh, of course, Tommy growing up in the Bronx and telling his story uh, growing up in the Bronx. And of course, my experience growing up on Long Island. Uh, but still, I started my career back in the early 80s playing in the Bronx and playing in Queens and Woodside and playing to all the young Irish that came over. And that was the scene I came up uh, came up in. Actually, funny enough, a very country Irish crowd. You know, when we would play on a Thursday night up in the Bronx, up in the fireside. The jivers and waltzers would all be out, all the young people. Uh, jiving and waltzing, and that was the scene back then in the uh, in the early '80s, and that's the scene that I started out in, and uh, kind of set the stage for when I went with the Patty Noonan Band. Well, I remember meeting you on the street once, right in front of the Irish Art Center, I think it was, or our Irish Repertory Theater, and there you were with Patty Noonan walking down the street, and uh, I remember saying to Patty Noonan, "I was conceived through the accordion music he, that." That accordion wow. music. That accordion music. <laughs> what did he say to that? <laughs> well, if you remember, he was just like, he didn't know what to say to him. The, the reason I say that. Oh, is, yeah. A lot of people tell me that. <laughs> he, does, he, he did say that. Something like that. But <laughs> the reason I said that to him is that Patty. Yeah. Newman, if some people call me the Barry White of the accordion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can just hear him, right? But, but Patty Noonan actually played my parents' uh, wedding reception. And then nine months later, along I came. So, you know, there was just some magic in that accordion. And, uh, you know, I know that you have a, had a special relationship with Patty Noonan. And in fact, you know, really, from the time you were 18, really latched on to what he was doing. And he was such a mentor and an influence uh, to you. Oh, he Patty. really was. And, uh, you know, I was, I'm from a big family. There was, you know, nine of us in my, in my family. So, uh, you know, all of us crying and for our parents love, <laughs> but, uh, you know, when I went on the road with Patty, he was, uh, he was kind of, uh, another parent, you know, that I had starting out in the business, yeah. learning the ropes and, uh, having to take direction and, and, you know, in a band, you know, uh, and, 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 I'm le sure. and learning the business. And I'm sure, by the way, you wouldn't be the only person that would characterize him like that because he was just a really great giving person and a taskmaster of a band leader, I, I could imagine, but but also a, a guy with a big, generous heart. Yeah, no, he did. And I, I have to say, being a performer myself, looking back, uh, he knew how to call a show. He knew what to call next. And, uh, you know, even though he wasn't the singer or uh, he was a performer, but uh, he, he knew how to work a room. He did. He did. He did. So I have a question for you, and it goes to your uh, to Ryan, right? I mean, oh. Ryan's on the album, and I would imagine that you're just trying to get Ryan onto as many of your albums as possible before <laughs> before Celtic Thunder steals them or a big. Show I did. Like I that. actually, I actually put Ryan in uh, when Phil Coulter had put that together. I I did submit I, Ryan in for why you know would, Ryan would have been very you? young at that time. And he wouldn't he, uh, have been, but what a voice. He's got a great yeah, voice. He has, he really does. And uh, but he's he's got a bit of a love for R and B and for urban music. 
uh, he he's very talented that way, the way he he works his voice. Uh, but of course, are, being brought up are, are, on the are Irish get, music, are we going to get some waka waka beats? You know, oh, like the, the little hip hop beats on another. Oh, believe Andy me, my Cooney wife. Collab. My wife used to tell Ryan, Ryan, don't you know you're a redhead little white guy? Come on, <laughs> 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 little white boy, what are you doing? What are you? But doing? Let me tell you, the stuff he writes, he has music on Spotify. Mike, definitely check it out. Uh, he has one song called uh, "One Chance" and. Uh, Really great dance R and B, and you can really hear him uh, in his element. What he what he loves to do. He's writing all the time. He's got probably a thousand ideas in his iPhone. Uh, so uh, he he works in finance now on uh, Wall Street for my brother's company, Joseph Gunner. Uh, but the way these kids put their music out today, it's not like getting gigs like we used to do years ago. You know, you get a couple of one or two piece going up in the Bronx or out in Long Island or whatever. No, these guys get their music up on TikTok and uh, up on social media. And that's how they get their music out there to see how many streams they can get, how many people listening. He's also a fabulous dancer. Uh, he danced with Donnie Golden and uh spectacular dancer so not only does he have the irish uh, uh skills at dancing but he's uh, just a great mover as well that's amazing that's amazing well yeah there's uh, a lot of different ways to to start him but i'm sure that uh he while he might be doing a lot of the things that kids do nowadays he also was under your tutelage and you i'm sure you probably taught him as Patty Noonan taught you, you know, how to work. An I audience, would say mostly, to... I would say Mike, mostly by example. Yeah, for mostly, sure. You know, him, uh, he watched me on stage at Carnegie hall, which he had done several times of which he'll be on the next one on December 11th this year. That's or, or the 12th. I believe it's the 12th, whatever that Monday is. And the 11th, I believe it's the 11th, but anyway, but now the song on the album that we did together, we're all in this together, uh, was during the pandemic. And uh, I had been lying in bed. And of course, all we heard was on the TV and the radio was we're all in this together. We're all in this together. We're all in this together. I said, there's got to be a song here. So I went down to the piano and I wrote, uh, you know, the first line, we can't hold hands. We can't embrace. We have to keep our distant space. <laughs> you know, I said, well, that's a pretty good opening for COVID. And uh, then one line went into the other. And then Ryan came down and he, uh, he says, play that for me. And I played it. He says, let me get the second verse. And he just came out with the, mm. the second verse. And uh, it was a true collaboration with the two of us. And then during that time when we weren't supposed to, <laughs> we snuck down to Nashville and went in and had a, a, had a friend of mine, Jeff Teague, who's a top producer down there. He's produced Colin Ray and Kenny Rogers and lots of people. He put together uh, an A session for me in Nashville and we went down and we cut it. And uh, actually on that very day that we cut it, me and Larry Gatlin recorded a video together of a song that we wrote together. Me and Larry called come Tennessee me tonight, which is also on the album, what we cut yes. a video that day. So we did an awful lot that day, but then we came back, we mixed it up here in New York and we got a video out that uh i think it got something like a couple of hundred thousand streams on facebook uh immediately so it really kind of caught on and new york one took a, a liking to it and and they aired it uh so it was just uh hey it was a great thing to do a father and son to collaborate on special thanks to kieran mcgirl uh who's a wonderful videographer and producer with uh good morning america and 2020 and he uh, he's the one that kind of produced the video. So wow. great Irish American. 
I'm in contact with his momager right now, Sheila, and I'm uh, hopefully going to get that. I think that whole family is pretty fascinating. Oh, they're an amazing family. Amazing family. So hopefully we can can get them on. Talk about Al O'Hagan, the founder of the Great Irish Fair, big AOH. Yeah. One of the first guys to hire me. (laughs) Yeah. Back before I was with Patty Noonan playing with a guy from Roscommon named Dean Gallagher. And uh, we used to play on the Buckley's, uh, Buckley's Kennedy stage. And uh, at the Coney Island Irish Fair. And Al always had great time for me, always did. And of course, I knew Sheila at that time. We were both very young at the time. and We were both singing at the Great Irish Fair. And uh, so we got a long history with my girls or the O'Higgins. <laughs> Fantastic. So t- tell me a little bit about the pandemic. I mean, obviously, if you look at your Spotify output, right, it, it was actually a prolific time for you because I'm sure you were just like the rest of us laying around and, and just waiting for this thing to blow over. But now when I look at your website and your calendar now, it seems like you haven't missed a beat and you've fully recovered from, uh, you know, well, what, what, what I find, yeah, what I find that's happening now, Mike, I find that let's say November, March was looking pretty quiet for me. It was like uh, the end this, of December, early this, January. Back yeah, this, this past mo- November. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think uh, people were still in October, even September, October, November, end of November, started uh, the calendar started coming alive again uh you know just a lot of question marks for people whether they wanted to take on running a concert in march or not and uh it's come back very quickly i'm working almost every night from uh the 4th of march all the way to about maybe the 23rd 24th of march almost every night so we're out with the irish cabaret we have a great show if you don't mind i'm, I'm going to give it a bit of a plug we have a fabulous comedian big thomas now you got to check out mick on youtube one of the great young talents out there he he works all the comedy clubs he's on comedy central uh just one of the great young talents from wexford really funny guy then we have a celtic singer coming from ireland she's only 25 years old somebody she sent me her music for my podcast uh, the New York Irish Music Hour, and I fell in love with her voice, and she keeps on putting out music. She's got some great stuff on YouTube and has a brand-new album out, fabulous Celtic singer. What I love about her is she's doing a lot of the old songs, uh, like uh, uh, Blowing in the Wind, uh, Grace, a lot of the uh, the older Irish songs, but she puts her Celtic twist on it. I should say, her name is Kira Fox. That's her name, and she's a fabulous young talent. So we're going to have her on the cabaret as well, as well as some great Irish dancers, the Emerald Fire Dancers, and uh, Joanna Barry, who uh, who has been in the business for many, many years, has put it together for me. So we have some great dancers. So there's a bit of something in it for everybody. We have the Guinness Irish Band. What do you think of that for the name of the band, huh? The Guinness Irish Band, which is great. I mean, I just read you today. You can't my, get any more green beer than that. You, you can't. I just, I just read in the headline today that Guinness just raised their price of a pint, 17 pence, cents, euros, whatever. You know, so you better book them while they're still, if, they're, if their prices are going to go up the way a pint of Guinness is going to go up, you better make sure you lock that contract in, my friend. Yeah, yeah. We've got a great band that will be with us. It's a fun, uh, fast-moving pace show. Uh, I'm doing stuff from the new album and uh, also from Irish Country Skyline, Take Her In Your Arms. Uh, a lot of a lot of those songs are in the show. So it's it's a good, upbeat show. And I just have to say, during the pandemic, that was one thing I'm, I'm so happy that I did do. I, you know, it was like after the pandemic kicked in, uh, give it about a month later, about maybe April, 
middle of April. I'm lying in bed at 11 o'clock and my wife comes to me. She says, you're going to get up. I'm like, for what? You know, <laughs> there's nobody to call this. <laughs> there's no, no gigs in sight, you know, but I finally did get up out of that bed. And I said, you know what, let's start writing. Let's start getting creative again. Did a couple of Facebook lives and uh, I didn't even realize it, but I was starting a new album. And before I knew it, I put out six or seven singles during the pandemic. I have a producer in Ireland, Jonathan Owens, who produced uh, the album Take Her In Your Arms. And uh, he really is a good feel, a good knack for what's happening in Ireland and, and, and what they love and the sound they love. So uh, he, he produces Nathan Carter and uh, Mike Denver and Derek Ryan, all some, some of the great young talented people putting out some great music. That's awesome. And we'll be right back. Taste Season 2 is sponsored by the good folks at Career Letters, careerletters.com. They specialize in professional branding, resume writing, LinkedIn optimization. And what a perfect time to be looking at your career, your resume, your LinkedIn profile. Is it all optimized to find that next career of your dreams? We're heading into the final months of the year. This is the time to be looking for a job now so that you can actually find and land the job of your dreams next year. Visit careerletters.com for more information. And we're back with Irish America's favorite son, Andy Cooney. And boy, do I hear that all the time, by the way. Like my mom and dad will go to one of your shows and they'd say, you know, he's just, he has a comedian on like, and the, and the comedian's like, you know, he's right on the edge there, but he doesn't offend anybody. Why can't you be like that in your books? I, <laughs> so I, I like... I can definitely identify with you as an Irish son because the Irish mammy always compares you to the best of us. And that's what my mom and my dad do whenever they see one of your shows. Why can't you be more like Andy? So, <laughs> yeah, Mike, why can't you be more why like Why can't me? I be a little more like you? Well, oh my gosh. Uh, it's, all that, it's all that dirty living that I did. But I, I, I want to I fe- hone in on a couple of things here. There's so much to talk about, right? So one of the things was, I know... Maybe the last time I saw you was when you had a bright brand new day and you produced that with Phil Coulter. And uh, we had a really great night together. I think it was in Lakewood, New Jersey, as I recall, way Mm. back when. And I think, you know, you probably agree pound for pound. That's one of the greatest writers and producers that Ireland has ever produced. And yes, uh, bar none. Bar none. So my question to you would be a two part one. The first one would, would be, what was it like to be produced by him? And then the follow-up question is, I know that you, as you just mentioned before the break, you know, you have really been somebody that's been a tastemaker, or as we say on this podcast, a tastemaker to pick new talents out there. And I, I know from Facebook as an example that you were producing my friends and your friends, Susan and Gerard. So my, my two-part question here is, what was it like to be produced by somebody like a Phil Coulter? And then how does that inform your you as a producer of others? Wow. Well, you know, everything in this life is a journey. You know, working with Patty Noonan, I absorbed all the all the the great business uh, aspects that he had, visions that he had. And uh, then when I went on my own, I kind of, you know, expanded on what I learned. And I would say the very same with Phil Coulter, you know. That's an album, believe it or not, we started in the early 1990s. And I was still with Regal Records at the at the time. 
Rego that, Records. Oh yeah. my God. They're like just two words like that, man. Yeah. Boom. Memory. Yeah, so, so what happens is we're halfway through the album and Rego decides that they don't want to continue with the album. They, they you know, it's, it's folding. That's it. Decide that then they're not going to put it out. Uh, so we're halfway through the album. So I come back to Phil and I said, look, you know, that's it. You know, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> our time together has come to a close, you know, and uh, we ended up paying all the recording bills and whatever. But we had um, half this album done. So I called him 20 years later <laughs> and I said, hey, Phil, I said, uh, what do you think? I said, I actually own all the masters now to that album ever since Rego Records kind of went in a different direction under different ownership. So I ended up uh, acquiring the ownership of those masters. So he says, well, Andy, he says, what was that, like 10 years ago? I said, no, try like 20. <laughs> so we went back into the studio, uh, back into the same exact studio, Westland Studios, at the very piano that he played uh, on the same solid state board. It was like we hadn't left the studio, you know, the same technology, every, nothing had changed in that studio. And uh, we went in and we finished it. And, and, and of course, listen to witness him, you know, as a producer going in, knowing exactly what he's looking for. You know, there's no, oh, try this, try that. No, he, he came in, he commanded the room. He knew exactly what he wanted. He produced my vocal. He knew what I want. He, he wanted out of my vocal. And we went and we finished that album. But also from that great experience, Mike, uh, we wrote a song together called uh, Calling Us Home. And it was about the, uh, if you remember, the gathering year in 2013, 2012. Amazing song. Yeah. Yeah. So I had written this song and I shared it with Phil. And he says, I really, really like it. He says, but I'd like to work on it. And I said, really? He says, yeah, I'd like to work on it. So I could, oh, I'd like to say that he culturized it and he made it a, a good song, a great song. And we did record it together. So, of course, listening, all those learning experiences, learning how he dealt with me as an artist in the studio. Uh, of course, when the Susan and Gerard recordings, those two recordings came around, it was something Susan just kind of came to me and just asked me humbly. She said, uh, hey, look, you know, um, would you produce my vocal? on uh, on one of these albums so i said well what do you want to do she told me the song song that she had written with jimmy walsh and uh i listened to it and i said well look i'll tell you what if you're willing i like my producer in ireland jonathan owens to produce the the music uh, of the album and i'll produce your vocal because i think ireland would love it in the country music scene there you are not wrong because that that song has really taken off there. God bless. Yeah, them. they they did really well with it. I went to the studio with Sue, and I have to say, uh, she did totally surrender. You know, uh, sometimes when you get singers that have been in the business for so many years, you know, they have their way that they do things, and when you have to go in and you have to undo a few of those things because, you know, I've got a million hours in recording studios. You know, and one thing that helped me was hearing myself back. You know, saying, oh, wow, I thought that sounded better live. <laughs> you know, when you, I'm in the studio. I won't do that again, you know. So these are the things that you learn when you're in a recording studio. And I was able to get her to find some of those habits that you you get from live performing, channeling, you know, that and, and really getting a good vocal out of out of her. And uh, and she did great. And fair play to her. She totally surrendered. She, she wanted to, to, to be the best it could be. And uh, and she she did what I asked her to do. And uh, 
everything was great. Luckily, from all the uh, education that I had over the years of being in the studio, and of course, working with people like Phil Coulter, it doesn't hurt. You know, I think we came came out with uh, two great recordings with her. Second one, she wrote herself, you know, about her sweet Kalala Bay. So, and again, Jonathan Owens uh, produced that as well. And she did well in Ireland with them. She, yeah, did, she did very well. She did. I knew that we'd get played. Yeah, absolutely. So we're here at the beginning of 2023. And as usual, you have a pretty packed agenda of things uh, leading up to March. Obviously, to your point, you are booked almost every day. And, you know, you're somebody that could be accessed by land, by sea, by air. <laughs> you got your... <laughs> You got your cruises. So if there's tell, a gig, I'll play it. I don't care. If there's where it a is. gig, you'll, yeah, from <laughs> from the from the villages to the to the to the Catskills in East Durham. Absolutely, uh, you're definitely there. So tell us a little bit about what what lies ahead over the next few months or the 2023. Well, the very next thing that we have going is is probably my biggest success, and that is the cruise of Irish Stars, and myself and Ronan Tynan and. Uh, bunch of bands and, and and musicians and performers. We have about 900 people going out. So I'm just delighted it's coming back. Uh, last year, we were at about 650. And then Omicron came in at the end of December, you might remember, and scared the hell out of everybody. And uh, we lost about 250 people, but we still went. Uh, didn't make any money, but that was okay. The cruise happened and everybody was happy that it did. We went out with about 400 people. And uh, this year, our numbers are coming right back up. I think people are starting to move on with their lives now. So this That's is great. it. Yeah, uh, praise God. It's all in the rearview mirror. So uh, it's still an ability to get a ticket on that? Or is that uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I believe that there are still cabins available. So definitely they can call travel professionals. So go on cruiseofirishstars.com. And uh, the phone number is there too. And they can check out, you know, everything, the prices and everything. But I do you believe there is still availability, you know, Perfect. on the ship? Perfect. So the ship holds about 3,500. We'll be about 900. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. And how about in terms of your gig schedule and where can people get all things Andy Cooney? I would say andycooney.com. Easy, the, e easy, easy website. Easy, to peasy, easy peasy. <laughs> and uh, I've got East Durham coming up this year. We're, we're back at, in full throttle with about 40 shows up in Gavin's. Uh, I'm producing once again uh, with Seamus Balfe, the East Durham Irish Festival, which uh, I can proudly say that we uh, we had a hell of a festival last year and people came out. We had a lot of new ideas. We had a big outdoor stage where we had the Young Dubliners and Ronan Tynan. Uh, and we had about 5,000 people that came out. So uh, East Durham is back. And uh, myself and Seamus were real happy that we were part of it. So, well, I actually interviewed last week Bernadette Galvin Palmieri on her on everything that's going on, and it's I hadn't actually been back there, Andy, in almost forty years. I mean, we went up there almost every summer. And, oh yeah, you know, as you know, I wrote about you guys and everybody that went up to East Durham and the Irish Voice for almost twenty. Four years or so and I never got up there myself because I was just you know raising kids and I'm in Jersey and it's a long way away sure so anyway I just finally went up there with my with my parent with my mom and and relatives and it was just so great that Bernadette uh, and the, the Gavins and a lot of those the Blackthorns they're still up there and they're still well I have to say my Green County uh, has just come out with a, a video all about East Durham I think you can find it on ilovenewyork.com 
yeah. you know, and then just kind of click Green County. Then uh, it, there's a bunch of videos about the different communities up there. Kitty's Irish shop. I mean, it was just like all oh, that wait, stuff. Wait, right? You have to see the video they put together for East Orm. East, you know, we, we've heard over the years, oh, East Orm's dying. It's dead. And it is it is far, far from, that from right it now. Uh, Gavin's is doing as big a business as they've been doing all these years. The Shamrock House is doing fabulous. They have a new place called Furlongs. A guy named Garrick Doyle from County Kildare owned a place in Manhattan called Tuttle's. Uh, his place got closed because this building was being torn down into being a big high rise. So he uh, he went up north to East Durham and he bought Furlongs and he he's put a half a million bucks into it and. What what a thing he did up there. He also just recently purchased the Bavarian Manor. Uh, and, of course, Gavin's purchasing uh, the, the old saloon, so yep. Nellie's. Nellie's, yeah. McGrath's up there doing fabulous. A lot of the hotel rooms have been renovated. So you're not going up and staying in an old musty room anymore. Uh, so there's a, there's a charm to that, though. You know what I mean? There's a charm to that. <laughs> but it, it really is. There's uh, some new properties up there, and, and hotels are redoing all their rooms. So uh, you know, East Durham is, is is doing really, really well right now. So we encourage people to come up. Guaranteed Irish, of course. Kitty Kelly in there doing Kitty, a hell of a Kelly, job. Kitty Kelly doing the Lord's work. Uh, I'll tell you, we just lost Donald Gallagher. God I love know. Him. God love he him. Was, he was the icon up there, and we honored him at the East Durham Irish Festival, uh, along with Jack Gavin and Tom McGoldrick, uh, the founders of the festival. So uh, there's a lot going on. Um, so what can I say? Proud to be a part of East Durham since 1986. That's a long time. <laughs> That's a long time indeed. Well, Andy Cooney, thank you for being on our little podcast and just Again, thanks for all the work you've been doing, especially it's really great how not only your son, but the next generation, you're you're so generous to share your platform and what you've known uh, about producing with other people and especially in the younger generation to keep keep the tradition alive as the song goes. So thanks for everything you're doing. Well, thanks. And if you don't mind, one quick little plug for the New York plug, Irish plug, Hour. Go, go, go. New York <laughs> Irish Hour. The New York and Irish Hour podcast. I'm going into my third season. And I've been, I have some, some good sponsors. I have uh, uh, Tourism Ireland. Uh, we have uh, uh, Irish Music Magazine. We have uh, the Irish Examiner. Uh, we have some really good people that, have, uh, that are supporting me in the podcast. And uh, basically it's a music podcast and I play all the new stuff coming out from Ireland. I play some of the old stuff, but uh, you know, if Nathan Carter or Mike Denver or any of these guys got new, new music coming out, I play the Irish music that they that they record. So I focus on on the music being Irish and and what I think uh, the New York Irish like as well. So uh, it's Isn't a really it, good show. Going to season three, we're a couple hundred thousand downloads over the two seasons. So it's uh, it's moving in the right direction. That's tremendous. Isn't this fun? This podcast stuff. It's like talk radio. It's the new generation of talk radio, right? Yeah. Great. Well, I never. I you know this is another thing that came out of the pandemic. My podcast is available everywhere but Spotify, believe it or not, because I'm a music podcast and they can't monitor all the music that I play. So uh, they're the only platform that don't carry me. Everybody well, else does. So luck, uh, lucky for you, this podcast goes on Spotify. So that's a great plug to get off Spotify and jump on to your podcast. Apple so, podcast or I, Google I, podcast, wherever I, you go. This, so, this, this, this taste podcast could be the good, 
like the gateway drug over to Andy Cooney for people that are not familiar with you. That's great. Hey, <laughs> speaking of, so this the word the reason for the taste is this is started out sort of as a food and culture podcast. So mm. when you're traveling around the globe as you are and you go on each side either side of the Atlantic, where are the top couple of places on either side of the Atlantic where you get the really good Irish feed? Isn't it something you mentioned that because tour, Tourism Ireland sponsored my trip to Ireland in August, and I did about 25 interviews while I was there. And one of the uh, one thing they wanted to focus on was the, the, the food in Ireland, how it's uh, the restaurant, the cuisine, how uh, Ireland's come a long way uh, over the last 25 years. And uh, I was in Galway. Galway is probably one of my favorite places to to find some great restaurants, you know. And uh, so I would say when I'm in Ireland, I would say Galway. I interviewed a few restaurants over there and uh, spectacular. Everything right down to the presentation of, of the meal. They really do one heck of a job. When I'm here in the States, I still love the buffalo wings up in Yonkers, up in uh, up at the Heritage. They're my favorite. <laughs> buffalo wings, yeah, those are good. Up, up at the Heritage in, in Yonkers, right on McLean Avenue. And, of course, Rory Dolan's I love. Rory Dolan's. I, that would be mine. Rory Dolan's would be on this side of the Atlantic. That would be um, definitely number one for the the full the full menu. You know, everything. Also, also, I love the the vibes of Keens as well, and some of the the food there with. The and listen, uh, if you don't mind, a quick mention that I just got hired to do a, a night in the Rambling House. It's going to be on February. I'm going to say 18th or 19th. It's a Sunday, and oh. uh, so it'll be my first time to get back to Woodlawn since the early days in the fireside back in the eighties. So hopefully, uh, yeah. So we're just going to be there with a three piece, maybe a four piece, and maybe we'll get some jivers up, some waltzers up and we'll have a, we'll kind of go back in time a little bit, or maybe not because still the young people love to jive. So you keep jiving my friend. (laughs) Thank you so much for everything. And uh, Godspeed. Thank you, Mike. Andy Cooney never stops. Be it a concert tour, bus tours, cruises, album recordings, and now a podcast. He is truly a man of many, many talents, and it was a pleasure to have him on this week. We'll catch you next time on Taste. This has been produced through a partnership with irishcentral.com and, of course, produced by my wife, the smiling voice, Barbara Farher. I love you, honey, and we'll see you next week.